When you think about applying for a practice loan, do you think about speed and simplicity? Likely not. For many veterinarians, applying for business loans can be a long and fatiguing process. Luckily, the sponsor of the podcast, Provide Inc., has changed all that. Provide is a specialty lender to the veterinary industry. They're the only, and I mean only, fully online and digital lender in the veterinary space, which makes life easy. You know I go on and on, and I'm so pro-practice ownership. I cannot be happier to have Provide be a sponsor. Whether you're in Maine or California, Provide can help. They aren't going to require you to open your savings account or jump through some hoops to get some sort of relationship discount on your loan. They're simply just going to say, here's our rate, this is the process, and we're going to do a good job. Provide uses innovative software and technology coupled with excellent service and an industry experience to deliver something that's just more efficient. Even on very complicated transactions, Provide can make a decision on whether they're going to lend in a mere five to seven business days. As we all know, time is money and having those answers quickly matters. Provide offers financing for practice acquisitions, buy-ins or buy-outs, commercial real estate, refinancing, practice remodels, all that stuff. Anything that you have around financing for your veterinary clinic and your business, they can help you with. So when you think about it, you can pre-qualify in minutes with no effect on your credit score. That's a benefit as well. For more information, head over to the veterinariansuccesspodcast.com. Scroll all the way to the bottom. You'll see a hyperlink under the provide bio. That'll get you directly to where you can pre-qualify. You can do it on your couch. You can do it in 10 minutes or less. And if you do want to reach out directly to them, please let them know that I sent you. They'll take great care of you and they will be alongside you for one of the biggest purchases of your life and do a great job at it. Now let's get to the show. Welcome to the Veterinary Success Podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Douglas. Today, I'm joined by Paul Mezzano, who is the president of Talking Vet, which is a business division of Business Technology Insight, LLC. Talking Vet is a speech dictation and recognition tool to increase patient care while also increasing productivity. I mean, who doesn't love productivity gains? And we're going to dive into all things productivity, benchmark, data, information. And I'm very appreciative of Paul taking the time. So with that intro, Paul, thanks so much for joining me. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate the time. I'm looking forward to this. Absolutely. So I think a natural place to start is kind of the problem that is currently facing veterinarians when it comes to kind of putting in notes, case data. It's tedious. It's super important, obviously, for high quality care. And when we chatted initially, it was interesting to hear you kind of talk about the history and where you've seen things. But anything that is notable that's changed lately, demand increase? I know a lot of people are really busy. So I think that'd be a good place to kind of start and kick things off. Sure, sure. Well, we've always seen that veterinarians have been busy to begin with. We've been out here in the vet space for about 10 years now. And I don't think there's ever been a day where veterinarians would say they're just not busy. So that was always the baseline. Some of the progress and changes that we've seen in the industry is when people were starting to shift towards electronic records, consolidation, trying to get more optimized with central practice software, those demands would increase. So I think the big buzzword was going paper light, which sounds real sexy. Let's go paper light. Sounds great. But the flip side of that statement is you are now going to have to type everything. The days of writing sticky notes and pieces of paper or telling somebody what the process was are gone. Paper light means you got to sit down and bang out that keyboard and get your thoughts into that data system. So that was one big bottleneck we saw happening the past couple of years. Then came COVID and we started hearing these new workflows of curbside service and other avenues of trying to keep some distance with the customers. And it just seemed like 
the demand went two or threefold. We've had a doctor where they said, we looked at speech and dictation products where it was kind of a almost a luxury necessity. Now it is a demand we can't live without. So those are the things we've seen happen the past couple of years where I think everything has just gone under the microscope of amplifying the demand that doctors are under right now. You talked about initially when we connected being passionate around data benchmarks efficiency, which again, ties all into the services that you provide. Can you share, as you mentioned, you know, 10 years of doing this is definitely a long time to be doing speech dictation. Is there anything from a workflow or metrics or insights that you've learned that would be, I think, a good spot to share and understand kind of the power of what you all do? When we talk about speech, front-end speech and dictation technologies, one of the easiest benchmarks that we always talk about is the average person's speed of typing, which is around 35 to 45 words per minute. On average, people talk about three times, four times faster, 120 to 150 words per minute. So you get an immediate gain of productivity just in letting the computer software type while you speak. One of the benchmarks that we like to talk about is the accuracy. On average, we have studies that show people type at about 92% accuracy. The speech products that we use today typically start in the mid-90s, around 94, 95% accuracy. And after about two to four weeks of optimizing that user's voice profile, they'll see gains of about 97 to 98% accuracy. So we're never selling perfection. We're selling productivity. So if somebody's using one of these technologies and they see a mistake, that mistake should be less frequent than if they were just typing it. So we try to keep them from focusing on that single mistake and keep them trying to measure the benchmark gains that they are getting. And how would you think about, because again, the human health side is used dictation a lot more, I think, historically than those within vet med. Can you talk a little bit about the crossover and maybe the differences between the two, or is it pretty much the same offering? Well, the products can be different in the sense of like their corpus, their base vocabulary. Years ago, we were using some products where we would add a supplement vocabulary to try to add more meaningful words, pharmaceuticals that were relevant to the veterinary industry. Today, we've got products that have a vet corpus from the ground up that were derived from various veterinary universities. So we're not having to add that vocabulary. I think one of the big reasons human healthcare adopted the technology earlier was they're always under the pressure of insurance requirements, insurance documentations, reimbursement rates. I remember when I was getting trained on this 10 years ago, they would talk about the multiple levels a human healthcare doctor can get reimbursed for the same diagnosis, like a sprained ankle. If they just document sprained ankle, it's one level. If they talk about the family history of joint problems and multiple injuries and how the actual accident may have occurred, it can qualify them for a higher reimbursement rate. And they're held accountable to that fraudulent cases of reimbursement are based on the documentation. So they had a much more earlier need to document more thoroughly. What we've found in the veterinary space is, I personally think veterinarians have more to lose by not documenting properly. There may not be the risk of a multi-million dollar malpractice suit over the horizon, but there is the reality of their license being suspended. A human healthcare doctor could have a very bad situation, get hit with a lawsuit, but not miss a day of work. They have insurance, they have a lawyer, it's covered, they go to work the next day. A veterinarian can go before board and get suspended. 
So even though there's not big numbers of insurance that are at hand, there is the probability or the risk of being able to work. I'd say the past three years, the veterinary industry has really turned around and seen the gains in productivity. And I'd say right now, the awareness between the two industries is getting really, really close. I think you kind of answered it already, but for someone thinking about, well, okay, so if I can't type as quickly, but I can talk to text, I have that on my phone. What about doing that, emailing to myself, copy and paste it into my system? That seems like a natural way to do it as well. Why am I wrong in thinking that? Or well, they- you are right in your thinking, and we see that all the time because the technology is very mature. The technology is in everything that we see today, from your car to your phone to calling your bank for your balances. Speech technology is everywhere today. So it's kind of natural to think, why make the investment for a medical-grade, veterinary-grade product when I can get something that's much less or even free on my phone? Besides the process of hearing a voice and converting it to text, there's a lot of other things that happen under the hood. There's formatting. There's structure. I always talk about quoting blood pressure. If I say 135 over 80, I don't want the numbers 135 O-V-E-R 80. I want 135 forward slash 80. These are the programming nuances that are built into the medical grade products. You'll find libraries of acronyms and shortcuts, things like BID will spell out uh, taken twice daily. So there is an investment with the medical grade products, but you'll find that the structuring, the sentence modeling, the outputted formatting that they consist of is designed for that industry. You asked me earlier about productivity gains, and I mentioned like the three to four fold of just speaking versus typing. When we start talking about some of the formatting under the hood of these products, we start diving into things like templates, keyboard shortcuts, workflow automations. We've had doctors that will start to boast saying that they're eight to 12 times more productive than typing using those parts of the technology. So for example, you could have your signature. Thank you for visiting us today, Dr. Messino. Enjoy the holiday weekend. Hope to see you again soon. And that could be executed by just saying seasonal signature and outputting multiple words. You'll see doctors that get really tuned into these technologies using a library of templates. Could be various normals, could be abnormals, could be surgical procedures. I like to see things where they start creating dynamic templates. That's where you'll have, let's say, a surgical procedure, and throughout the entire paragraph, have placeholders with the normals already pre-populated. The better grade medical dictation products will typically advance to those variables, allow you to stop, speak over that variable, the normal or abnormal condition you want to insert, and then it'll advance to the next variable. So you don't have to have just a dry structured template to use over and over again. You can have a fluid dynamic template that leverages dozens or hundreds of words off of a one or two word command insert. And now you're going from leveraging your speed of talking times the volume of that template. I think we had a radiologist years ago, one of our early adopters, and he stood up in a meeting and he was telling the owners of the practice, he goes, look, when I'm typing out these reports, I can type out five to 10 a day. That's all I can do. 
He goes, when I'm using a speech system like he was at his other office, he was saying he can crank out 50 to 60 reports a day. So that gives you a little bit of idea of the dynamics and the power if somebody really starts to take the time to build their own library of frequently used documents. That's an excellent point. And I was going to kind of ask the follow-up question, and I think you alluded to it right there, but just do you have any thoughts around kind of what the return on investment? I think the other piece is kind of that return on time, which is our scarcest asset, which is time, but thoughts on that? Absolutely. And we hear it all the time. Our perfect candidate is typically going to be a veterinarian who is spending, I'd say, two to five hours or more per day. I mean, it shocks me when we get a practice manager saying our lead veterinarian is working till 10, 11, 11, 30 o'clock every single night. So we'll see that they're spending upwards of, I said, five hours, give or take, per day documenting care. It is not uncommon that if a veterinarian can adopt to using the technology and using it efficiently, that they'll say they're saving about two hours a day, typically a third. I said, like we talked earlier, usually about a third of the amount of time is needed to create that same amount of documentation. And hopefully, they're creating better documentation. I used to joke around when somebody would tell me that they have zero need for the technology. I joke around and say, well, I hope you're not making notes that are single sentence notes. So not only should you be getting a decent return on investment of your time, hopefully that's going to translate into a better quality of life, relieve the stress factor that's involved with the daily activities. We've heard the stories of doctors working late every single night, working into Friday night, working on the weekends, and still starting their Monday with a backlog of documentation from the previous week. It's not only shocking, but it can't be enjoyable in any way or means. And we will get feedback. We do have follow-ups. We do have testimonials where doctors will tell you again and again, they can save up to two hours a day. I had a personal experience, not in the vet space, but I went to go to visit a doctor. It was a new doctor a couple of years ago. And he was looking over my application. And when it came to what my position was, saw that I was a, a dictation specialist. And he just went off on a tangent telling me how much he loved this, how he was just using it. And I was agreeing with him. And he goes, no, you don't get it. He goes, I probably save an hour and a half, two hours a day. And I'm like, I believe you. I really do believe you. And I said, my struggle is telling doctors or veterinarians that this is really true. But those type of interactions with people that use the technology are very common. Well, and the initial thought that I go to being kind of financially minded originally is, well, what's your time worth? What's your hourly rate? If I'm a current owner of a practice, what's your hourly rate? And then what's it worth to you to have that hour back to go do things that you enjoy versus adding that in? I think that number is going to be different for different people. And some people might not know exactly what they charge per hour, but that's a healthy amount of money per day that you're saving, a good amount of money per day. If you use it, right? If you use it. And this isn't a 100% sure shot solution for everybody. But I would say that on average, the cost for the solutions is less than a cup of coffee. So if somebody can realize a 30-minute, a one-hour, a two-hour gain per day versus a cup of coffee, it's a great return on investment. Another area we've seen a good return on investment are for the practices that are really busy, the practices that the phones are ringing all day long, they can't accommodate the customers that are trying to come in and see them. Maybe they're looking for either 
hiring new staff. They're looking for investing in new equipment. They're somehow trying to get their bandwidth up to accommodate the people that they just can't service. Well, if you've got a doctor or a group of doctors that can be saving an hour plus a day, that's another great return on investment to gain net new business that you otherwise just cannot accommodate. Absolutely. And I think the natural question there is if you use it, and so who is not a good candidate and who have you seen not be successful? Because I'm sure not everyone that's either used this dictation tool or others that are out there, there's going to be people that have just failed at it and said, this doesn't work. Who are um, the people that it doesn't work for and why is that the case? I think part of it is the understanding of how the technology works. So we've put together a CE class that's just kind of a fun, no frills, no product endorsed CE class. And it kind of is the history of speech and dictation products from like pre-Edison, just fun trivia stuff to understanding how the technology works. One of the things that we do that's a little bit different is when we train a new veterinarian and they go live, we have the ability in our portal to actually see their dictations. And part of our service is to go in and score those dictations for the first 30 days. And what's happening is as we score the dictations and it gets recompiled into their profile, it tweaks their sentence modeling. Now, besides it giving the doctor a better experience of them not having to do all those corrections themselves, now they have to do the correction in the note that they're creating. But we're talking about creating the corrections into the system that enhances their profile. Years ago, when we trained people on one product, it was just tough to get them to do that. I mean, they're busy. They don't have time to enter a word into a certain box and check it and check it again and check it three times. Today, we can do that for them. And so besides that being a nice value add for the veterinarian that they don't have to do that, it gives us kind of a crystal ball to see the good, bad, and the ugly. And what I mean by that is we see when doctors are first starting, their dictations are five to 10 words, five to 15 words. Sometimes it's three to five words. Understanding that the technology today, and they use buzzwords of AI, artificial intelligence, and but what's happening is the products are listening to what you're saying and it's assembling the words. And through probability, statistics, and analysis, the more words you say, it narrows down what the next word match could be. So looping around to your original question, one of the secrets to success is if a doctor can narrate full sentences, full paragraphs, the system's going to work best for them. The doctors that struggle the most are the ones that say three to five words continually. You know, again, understanding the technology. When you say three to five words, your possibilities of the next words or wrong words are great. When you're saying a full sentence of 10 to 20 words or a paragraph, that context is in that corpus. And I say the accuracy can be three to 5% higher. And again, as we go down one month, two months, three months down the road, the doctors that typically abandon the technology are the ones that stay in those really short sentences. Sometimes we'll tell a doctor, you know, don't even look at your computer, just close your eyes and narrate. And that's really the secret to the success of using these systems. So functionally, kind of nuts and bolts, and I think about, okay, I'm a veterinarian, I'm a practice manager, we have our PIMS. How does the dictation tool actually work? And does it integrate? Is it something completely separate? Can I do it on my phone? Can I do it in my car on the way home? Like how best do you implement? My team, we're kind of geeks at heart. There's always a way to get it to work. There's always best practices and system requirements. But 
we have the ability to help somebody dictate at their local PC. If they've got a PC server environment, we can help them dictate and get it set up if it's a remote server, terminal server, Citrix server type of environment. Today with the PIMs, there's a big rush of cloud-based PIMs that are really doing great. Those are even easier to work with. Most of the products have a smartphone application. The smartphone application really is working as a wireless microphone, and those work great as well. We even have the ability, we've got a couple practices now where, and this is going to loop back to the statement you had previously, for doctors that struggle with doing what we call front-end speech. Front-end speech being the process of, you're in your PIM, there's a field that you can type in, you can place the mouse cursor into that field, hold down a microphone of some sort, and dictate into that field. For the doctors that just struggle with that, and there's some that just either they're too busy, there's too much going on, they don't have time to look for corrections. With a smartphone application, we can actually flip a switch and record that audio, and that sound bite gets transcribed by the software, and it stays in the portal. We'll just keep the PIM out of the equation for now. That doctor can either go back to the portal later, or they can have a team. I mean, it's not unusual for many of these veterinarians that have a team who helps them in one way or another finish their documentation. So they can just go to the portal, look at that captured dictation. It's going to be high 90% accurate already, proof it, and now copy and paste it into the PIM. This is a great workflow for a doctor that's out in the field, doctors that have voluminous documentation to create. You know, We've even seen some veterinarian hospitals where they have scribes running around doing work. This is a great way to make the scribes work much more efficient. Instead of a scribe having to follow the doctor tethered all day long, trying to type every single word, there's got to be an error ratio going on there already. They can just record the doctor, let the software do the heavy lifting, go back to the portal, proof it, and be done. So many, many, many different ways to leverage using the technologies. Yeah, that's perfect and I think helps me have a better understanding of ways to utilize it, even from previous discussions. So that's super helpful. Is there anything else you want to add there, Paul? I was going to say, this has all been amplified exponentially because of COVID. Whereas two years ago, 99% of our whole scope and implementation process would be all about your office. Now it's remote telemedicine, this and that. It's just how to soundproof your room and white noise, background noise. So it's definitely gotten a little bit more complicated. Let's share some case studies or stories of success. I think that's one thing that's fun to talk through. Is there any situations, stories, whether they're recent, dated? Let's chat through a couple of your favorites that come to mind. One of my favorites is one of my original. We had a call from a veterinarian early on, and it was a father-daughter practice. And her father was getting a little bit older probably around my age, so it gets a little scary. But the conversation was, look, my dad, we've gone to a new PIM system. We've got to type everything in. He's really struggling. He's working late. He's not getting work done even throughout the weekend. He's starting Monday with a backlog, and it's starting to take its toll on him. He's not enjoying working in the practice anymore, and I'm worried about him. We set her up. We set him up. She's been one of our longest term customers, probably pushing nine plus years now. And one of the comments she made, and maybe it was an upgrade, I don't recall, but it was a couple of years later, was her just thanking us for helping her dad and helping save his career. 
if you ever meet me at a trade show or talk to me, I always say I'm not out here to sell a box of software. We're here to be kind of a quality of life consultant for our clients, our veterinarians. We realize the stresses and strains they're going through. And documenting patient care shouldn't be such a burden. Not when there's technologies out there that can leverage and really help them out. That story was one of the original ones. We've had doctors where they've put together return on investments to present to the owners themselves that were really profound. And I'd have to look through and think of some other doctors in particular, but I think that one there was really a big case for us. What's an aspect of either a workflow or an efficiency gain or just something in general about the tool that I maybe haven't asked that you feel like is important to share? Well, I think it's important for people to realize that these systems are really easy to use. I'm seeing the apprehensiveness starting to go down recently. Back eight, nine, 10 years ago, there was a lot of apprehensiveness. People were just kind of scared of the technology. I think maybe because of the way it's been integrated with, like I said, smartphones, texting, people are just more open and natural that they're already using a basic part of the technology already. I think another fear that we hear about quite often is punctuation. People want to know if they have to dictate the punctuations. That sounds like a big challenge. But again, I think when people stop and think to how they use their smartphones, punctuations are out of control today. I mean, it's not just period, comma, exclamation point. It's smiley face, thumbs up, all these emojis you're even dictating. So you know, I'd say to veterinarians that are thinking about using the technologies, most companies will offer test drives of some sort. We can try before you buy. Don't let the fear of something like punctuation hold you back. I think that when we do a training and onboarding, it's typically an hour. The gains and the relief that we can just sense in the person's voice is obvious just in that first hour. And when you start shaving off substantial amounts of time every single day, hopefully your stress levels will start going down. You have a little bit more time in the day to enjoy for yourself. I think that's the big part of what we're all about is just really trying to help bring back a better quality of life and quality of career to the veterinarian's instead of being stressed out with something as silly as documentation. So, Paul, I know like I didn't necessarily prompt you with this, and it's something that unless you've listened to episodes, you probably aren't aware of. But one kind of fun way that I've used to close the episodes is just asking a guest that's come on and, and shared a lot about themselves and, and what they do. If you have a question for me, whether it's personal, professional, it can be completely oddball questions, anything that you want to know or ask, I'm willing to, to take it. And if not, that's totally fine as well. I think the question I'd have for you is, what inspires you, motivates you to want to be involved and work in the veterinary industry as well? I like that question because there's a lot of different ways to take it. I think first and foremost, and people have heard this, like the people in general, and you've probably seen this when you talk and connect with veterinarians. I really like as humans, as just individuals, as people to connect with, good clients, fun people. They are willing to listen, take advice, want help. You can build really good relationships there. So for me, that's been the part that's been a lot of fun. I think it's dramatically underserved for good quality financial advice, which is kind of initially how I got into the space. And I've told that kind of backstory a couple different times for those that have been longer term listeners. But it's all based on a personal relationship that turned into some other professional relationships that turned into all kinds of different things, but then an introduction into working in vet med. But yeah, part of the reason why I've continued to do it. I mean, if, if someone would have said, hey, do you want to work with this industry or these group of people and they were all jerks, I'd be like, nah, I'm good. But it's definitely been so many good people, not only the veterinarians, but those like yourself within the industry that are kind of like the 
people complementing it that are working within the industry that maybe are outside of just the clinical piece, just good people. So that's been fun. It makes work a lot more enjoyable from my perspective. So that would be my answer. I would say I confer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, same thing for me. I mean, I really enjoy the industry. It's always just a great group of folks. So as we kind of wrap up, what's a good place for those that are interested? Where would you send them? I know you talked a little bit about CE. Is that something that people can find? Like just give those a handoff on how to either connect with you and the team there at, at Talking Vet. Sure. So you can always go to our website, talkingvet.com. The CE class is hosted with Vetfolio. So if you have a subscription with Vetfolio, it's available there. If not, people are free to reach out to me and see if there's a way we can work something out for that as well. We're always available, working across all different time zones. So if anybody has any questions, feel free to reach out anytime. Well, I greatly appreciate it. I know there's a lot that we were able to kind of take through and talk about something that maybe seems simplistic, which is, hey, it's a dictation tool, but then like really unpacking what impact that has. And yeah, I learned a lot. So thank you for the time. Thank you. Appreciate it as well. Thanks for listening to today's show. The comments made on today's show should not be taken as investment, tax, or legal advice. All comments are for educational purposes only. You should consult your team before implementing anything. Isaiah Douglas is a partner of Vincere Wealth Management. Isaiah is registered in the state of Indiana, California, Texas. The biggest compliment you can give to this podcast is to share it with a friend. Reviews help the show get found, and Apple Podcasts is the platform that predominantly is how people listen to the show. If you have three to five minutes, you like the show, please head over to Apple Podcasts, give us an honest rating and review. That'll help more people find the show. For all of today's links and information, head over to veterinariansuccesspodcast.com. There you can subscribe via your favorite podcast platform so you won't miss another episode. Finally, if you'd like more information, insights, and have the ability for your voice to be heard and interact with show guests, join the private Facebook group. You can go to the Veterinary Success Podcast on Facebook or head over to the veterinariansuccesspodcast.com. Scroll all the way to the bottom where it says about your host and then click on the Facebook icon. That'll bring you into the Facebook group. I'll approve you. You'll be in. And then I'd love to hear your questions, feedback, and anything that you'd like to see added to the show. So with all that, thank you so much for listening. I'll be talking again to you soon.